and it's it, it, hear me out because this is the kind of thing on the surface you'd be like did easton get this from jared stillman or like is this a is this a clickbait article no i'm i'm serious Welcome into the Hot Read Podcast. I'm your host, Easton Freeze, Director of Published Content here at BroadwaySportsMedia.com. We're also brought to you by the 440 Podcast Network. I'm joined, as always, on a Monday morning by producer JT. JT, how are you? How was your weekend? I'm good. Uh, I'm hanging in there, much like all of you Titans fans this week. Uh, how dare so- you assume that these Titans fans are hanging in there? I <laughs> yeah. saw many of them unraveling, coming apart at the seams uh, the past two days. Yeah, I'm hanging in there, especially I little fact about me. I hate the Eagles. I hate the Eagles team. Mm-hmm. I hate the fan base. I hate everything about them. So when Easily I'm covering hated, something yeah. um, that has to do with the Eagles, it's always tough when they get their way. But some good news. Uh, if, if you're a long time listener of this show, I'll have you know that maybe last week you heard me say a take about Costco. That might be changing in yeah, the near future. Take, right. Yes. Um, because my mother who listens to the show, shout out mom, hi, texted me and said, Hey, I'm sending you my Costco card. So I will be making a trip to Costco very soon. So I need you I'm to tell me when, and I want to we'll, see if we'll I can do go a little, with you. We'll do a little spot. On we might it. have to like vlog it, um, yeah. or do like a live, maybe we can interview somebody handing out free food at lunchtime, uh, yeah. as part of make a whole, we can make a whole mini episode of mm-hmm. it. something we'll that nobody asked for besides you and I. And that's what this show we're very, we like to keep the show very in, insular and niche and uh, not relevant at all to you on the outside. <laughs> um, but no, that's, that's great news to hear. Not a whole lot of great news in the way of the Titans this week. Of course. Um, I know just an aside before we get into the meat and potatoes of the episode, Titans fans, if you're listening to this, first of all, congratulations, because I know based on the numbers and all also just based on knowing how fans operate when a team of yours is uh, not having the greatest of times like the Titans are right now, oftentimes the morning after or the week after you are not exactly running to your podcasts and videos and TV shows to hear all of the discussion surrounding them because you would rather just to do anything else with your life and tune them out. So if you're here, congratulations. Um, we appreciate you listening, even when the topic isn't positive, considering the Titans' uh, two-game losing streak that they are now on. We do have to talk about it because it is, in fact, JT, our jobs to talk about it. And there's a lot to talk about. No shortage of interesting topics to dive into. Just to recap, I suppose, the Titans' weekend, they uh, kind of entered full-blown nightmare mode. They're a running team that can't run. Their newfound passing game lost their catalyst in the first quarter of this game and may have lost him for the foreseeable future. Their elite pass rush is officially dead until they get some key guys healthy that we'll talk about in a bit. The secondary is banged up and not nearly physical enough to hold their own against any decent team. And, oh, A.J. Brown had a massive, massive day today. Of course, we're recording Sunday night as usual. Um, If you're listening Monday morning, he had a massive day yesterday, and I'm sure he's waking up today in a lot better of a mood than you are where to start with this team. Of course, it's a Monday and we've got winners and losers for today's show. The article, um, if you're listening to this first thing, Monday morning, you might have noticed it's not out yet. I've had a bit of a nightmare day today, JT, not just in watching football and having my worst betting day of the year and also losing in fantasy and also the team that I cover losing and having to deal with the nightmare that is fans wanting to lose their mind and sell the team. Um, 
I also had issues with Wi-Fi at my house that uh, required two hours of my time today on customer support call and a very, very expensive purchase to get it to uh, work again. And so things have just been kind of a nightmare for me today all around. It's been a very bad day. I also have had a cough for like a month now. If if any of you, I feel in, in Googling this, because that's, of course, where you go when you are sick. Um, you go to Google so that it can tell you that you have cancer and you're going to die. I went to Google and uh, it sounds like this is kind of a relatively common thing right now. People are getting these nagging coughs that just don't seem to go away. These mystery illnesses. If you are experiencing this like I am, please hit us up via Twitter. I want to hear if I'm just maybe I'm just dying and it's just a me thing or maybe it's a thing going around. I'm curious. But yeah, I, I've had this nagging cough that I'm currently just I juiced myself with as much cough medicine as I could before we started the show so that hopefully you don't have a ton of jump cuts to make in today's show, cutting out all of my hacking and coughing and wheezing. So needless to say, a horrible day for your boy. Um, but we're here. We persevere nonetheless. We move. And the article will be written tomorrow, Monday morning, or I guess today when you're listening. It's hard to keep track of time because this is I'm talking to you in the future. It will be up some point today on Monday on RubbersportsMedia.com, and it will be more in-depth than today's episode of the pod because instead of going based off the article that I've already written, I'm going based off of the notes that I have and just the general thoughts from the game. So the good news, I guess, for you as fans is you don't want to listen to our typical hour to hour and 15 minutes of discussion surrounding this team that uh, probably just makes your stomach turn and and face turn white with or maybe red with rage and anger. Um, we're only going to probably do about 30 minutes today. We'll have plenty more to talk about on Friday, of course. And uh, so we'll go from there. Today, with winners and losers, I do have the winners and losers picked out. The first loser, JT, could you give it to us, please? Yeah, so let's get right into this uh, winners and losers, where there are a lot more losers than winners, of course, in this game. But the number one loser of this game has to be the Titans in the trenches. Yeah, yeah, and this was uh, one of our main losers last week as well. It's been two straight weeks of the Titans, just top to bottom, being the less physical team. Um, and, and ultimately, when a team like the Titans, their entire identity revolves around their physicality, when you are the less physical team on any given Sunday, you are probably going to lose that game. And that's what has happened for the Titans two weeks in a row now. This Titans team, it's it's really simple. There's a lot of problems with it, and, and we're going to get into them in detail. But the the main problem, and I think it's really this simple, JT, the Titans are just going to continue to get punked um each and every week they're going to continue to lose when they get just destroyed in the trenches on both sides of the ball i mean they've been punked on the offensive line and the defensive line two weeks in a row now pushed around shoved the their opponent has dictated the terms in the trenches for two straight weeks and it's been two straight losses one of them a close one against a team at home they probably could could have beaten and then a a, a just a torrent of disasters on the road in Philadelphia where they get humiliated. And it's kind of a JT. I was thinking about this during today's game. It feels eerily similar to the way they started the season where they have a very close down to the wire loss last week. And then they get annihilated on the road against what is perceived to be one of the best teams in the NFL. The giants bills start to their season going. Oh, and two feels eerily similar to the Bengals at home and then Eagles on the road that they've experienced the last two weeks. I don't know what this tells us about this team besides the fact that as constituted, they are 
the NFL middle class right now. JT, would you agree with that? I think unless entirely healthy and with their coaching staff on their A game, this team is a member of the middle class in the NFL. So that is to say, as we get into this conversation, of course, the fan reaction on, on any day like this when there's a horrible loss and things are trending very much in the wrong direction for their team is going to be overreact. We suck. We stink. It's all with a grain of salt, though, right? Because the expectations for Titans fans over the past four or five years, really, since Mike Vrabel has been the coach of this team, have been elevated dramatically. They don't actually suck. This is one of the – they are in the top half of the NFL in terms of talent. However, there may be no worse place to be, JT, in the NFL than the purgatory of the ninth to 15th best team in the league. Do you agree with that? No, I agree. Um, you can really just look at it. I mean, they're they're beating the teams that they should, and they're losing against teams that are clear cut and dry better than them. If you look at it, they're one and five now against teams that are over five hundred, with their only win coming against the Washington Commanders, led by Carson Wentz, who, yeah, who at the time were not a winning were not a recipe. winning team, and no. kind of have turned it around. It, it, it kind of just looks simple. They're, they're going to continue to be average because they they are just kind of top-heavy in that aspect. They have a lot of key players, but also they just don't have the depth or that special playmaker ability on the offensive side, especially through the air right now, that really makes them one of the top elite teams. Yeah, and we're going to talk about that top-heaviness in a couple of minutes, but the, the thing for me, and, and I'll... I agree mostly with your sentiment there. The only thing that I would disagree with is the idea that they are losing. Well, th that's not, they are losing to the teams they're less talented than I suppose. I suppose my point is under Mike Vrabel, we've grown accustomed to this team consistently punching above their perceived weight class on paper. They for years have been beating teams that they weren't supposed to beat. You think back to last year when they went on the run of beating the Colts who they, they should have beaten and then the Rams, and then the Chiefs, and then um, the, I forget the fourth team, but it was four winning teams in a row, a stretch that was considered to be the most difficult stretch of their season last year, that they were thinking, you know, the the perception of media was, okay, if they can go two and two through here, they're going to be in good shape, and they ended up going four and oh, that had been the Titans way, they constantly prove people wrong in the media and fans alike by punching above their weight class, right? And and on paper, that's been the case for them for years. This year, really, the only change is when they're playing teams that are as good or better than them on paper, they're sometimes in close fashion, like in the Bengals game and in the Chiefs game, both games that they should or they could have, arguably should have won. And then sometimes in blowouts, like in the Bills and the Eagles games, they're not getting it done. They're not sealing the deal against those teams and, and finishing the job when they try to punch above their weight class. And so that's really the big difference for me in the trenches. And I don't want to talk too much about specifics because th that's some of the losers we're going to get to in a couple of minutes, but really it's a matter of any team in the league. If you can't be competent at the very least on the offensive line and on the defensive line, you're going to go nowhere. You may win enough games to get into the playoffs, which the Titans, again, still absolutely are getting into the playoffs. That's not in question. It's not going to be in question. It's not been in question for a couple weeks now. But at this point, everyone, I think, in Titans media and in the fan base has their eyes turned towards the playoffs. And a lot of people, I think, have had their eyes turned towards the playoffs for this team 
ever since the ending of their season last year, in which a lot of fans came to the conclusion internally that I no longer care about what this team does in the regular season. I care about them getting to the playoffs, preferably winning the division and getting a home game. But beyond that, not really caring about the position that they're in, because we saw last year that getting a one seed and home field advantage and a bye doesn't necessarily mean jack squat in the NFL. You have to come to play each and every week. And sometimes teams can, I think, arguably a break like the bye in the playoffs could be as detrimental to a team as it can be helpful, just depending on the composition and the makeup of your guys. I don't see this fan base really caring what this team does in the regular season beyond getting to the playoffs, preferably being awarded a home game. And then from there, doing something, showing up, Ryan Tannehill showing up, the, the team having a game plan that's that's competitive and being able to compete. And frankly, right now, this team, I think at the very best, at the very best, JT, and that's the, that is to say I don't necessarily agree with this, but I think the best argument you can make that today – Right now, with you know, and in, in injuries and players coming back and development over the next month can change this. But right now, the Titans are at best the fifth best team in the AFC, even though they're going to be one of the four teams to get that home field advantage and win their division. They are absolutely not better right now than the Bills, the Chiefs, the Bengals, and the Dolphins. They're kind of in that class with, um, I think, the Ravens and maybe a little bit of the Patriots. Um, maybe the Browns if Deshaun Watson starts to pan out. Um, are there any, any other teams in that middle class that the Jets, perhaps? Like that's kind of where they are right now. And that's not to say, you know what? I'll I'll get into this a little bit later in the episode. So I'll save my thoughts, JT. Let's go ahead and get to the next winner. We've spent too much time on this one. Yeah. So let's get into a winner here finally. And it's not coming from this game. The winners and losers today are a little bit, a little cheeky. bit uh, cheeky. We're kind of tiptoeing the line here. But, of course, one of the winners of looking at this game today is just being a team in the AFC South. Guys, what do you want me to do? I am I have to pick three winners and three losers at least each and every week. And after a game like this, there is no more difficult challenge than trying to come up with three winners. So I'll be honest. The three winners I have today, two of them are kind of cheating. And one of them is real. And the one that's real will get to last. And it's it's not even much of a moral victory. It's just like a hooray. That guy played well in this game and it didn't matter. So this winner being in the AFC South is what I think Titans fans who are particularly destitute, destitute, goodness, it's getting late already destitute and uh, upset this morning should be focused on. And I've said this for a couple of weeks now, the Titans are in the AFC South and that affords them the unique privilege in the league in the AFC in particular to really not have to worry about how they finish down the stretch. Now, if they had been better against some of these good teams in the AFC that they've played so far, the Chiefs, the Bills, the the Bengals, they would still matter to some extent in terms of seeding. But at this point with the Titans at seven and five in the, I believe right now in the fourth spot in the playoff race. Yeah. Because the Ravens are in the third with the eighth and the, the Chiefs and the Beng- or the Chiefs and the Bills both have at least nine wins. I know that for a fact. This team, I think at this point, is almost certainly locked into the fourth spot in the playoffs, which, you know, it's the lowest possible bar for if you're going to win the division. But the good news is the next month, win or lose or draw, things don't matter all that much. And here's here's my take, JT, and this will be the bit of the show that I think will will absolutely be clipping and putting out on social media, because this is my primary take as I let this game marinate over the past five or six hours since the game ended. 
here's what I think the Titans need to do. And it's hear me out because this is the kind of thing on the surface. You'd be like, did Easton get this from Jared Stillman? Or like, is this a, is this a clickbait (laughs) article? No, I'm, I'm serious about this. And if you know me and follow my work, you know that very rarely do I say these kinds of things. And, and oftentimes it's me laughing at others who say them and, and as reactionary and stupid. I think from a, pure strategy perspective depending on what happens both in the game that's currently going on the the Colts and the Cowboys right now on Sunday Night Football which we don't know the result of but more importantly how the Titans and Jaguars game goes a week from today next Sunday at Nissan Stadium I think the Titans need to consider essentially shutting it down for a number of their key players And, and here's the point If the Titans win against the Jaguars next week and the Colts don't find some renaissance, don't manage to beat the Cowboys in the game that's currently going on, manage to win next week against their opponent, who I don't know off the top of my head, assuming the Colts are dead in the division, the Titans hold the two game tiebreaker over them. They won both games, so they don't even have to have a better record than the Colts. They just can't have a worse record than the Colts. The Jaguars, however, they've not played yet. And so this first game will be really telling in terms of whether the Jaguars still have life. If the Jaguars win next Sunday, beat the Titans at home, they will be, I believe, two games back in the division with three game, three or four games to play. No, with four games to play. And they'll still have the Titans at home on the schedule. So really, they just need to do one game better than the Titans over those three penultimate games down the stretch before they host the Titans at home. Because if the Titans go into Jacksonville in week 18, leading by just one game in the division and the Jaguars win that game, they would then have tied records and the Jaguars would have swept the division and somehow miraculously taken the division seat and gotten into the playoffs. And the Titans almost certainly would not be in it. I don't think anybody's expecting any AFC team and AFC South team besides the winner of the division to sneak into the playoffs. So assuming they get it done next week against Jacksonville, and I think that they will, they would then be four games up in the division. They would have four games to play, so they wouldn't have their magic number quite yet, but they'd need just one combination of either a Titans win in those final four games, which two of those games are Jacksonville and Houston, and and then as well as the Chargers and the Cowboys, and or one loss by the Jaguars. If that is the case, and they're up four games with four to play, I think this it behooves this team to take advantage of their unique opportunity in which they find themselves in the AFC South where they can get away with this. They need to rest anybody and everybody who is banged up and is vital to this team's chances in the playoffs. Now you may, as a fan, you may have already punted on the, on this year. You may have already punted on their playoff chances. That's that's your business. Fine. This team, obviously, if you know, Mike Vrabel at all, you know, that's not what he's interested in. And you know, that's some of these players are interested in. They said as much in their post game availability, today that this season is not over. Jeffrey Simmons made that eminently clear that they have not given up on the season. Ryan Tannehill at the podium said, I have no reason to believe that this team can't get things turned around and go win it all. Now, whether you believe them or not, that's up to you, but that's how they feel. And if they feel that way and they're focused singularly on their chances in these playoffs, they need to take advantage of their position by getting anybody who is vital to their performance as a team healthy for the stretch run because if they are four up in the division with four to play, they really have no more meaningful games remaining on the regular season schedule, except possibly 
week 17 or week 18, rather their 17th game in Jacksonville. That's the only remaining game that might matter to them if they win next Sunday. And if that's the case, guys like Jeffrey Simmons, who's been playing on one leg now for four or five weeks in a row, guys like Danico Autry, who's currently out and who knows how long, if at all, he's going to return guys like Traylon Burks, who we'll talk about in a moment, who is banged up now. And we don't know when he's going to be back from concussion protocol, which is extremely disappointing considering the trajectory he was on guys like even Ryan Tannehill, who's been dealing with ankle issues for a month or so. Now those guys who are vital to this team's performance and have to be healthy and available for their chances in the playoffs, they've got to get them healthy. And I think that they have a unique opportunity to do so if they beat Jacksonville next week. So that's my take. And I'll talk more about this next, uh, next episode on Friday. And we'll talk more about it, especially if the Titans win next weekend in Jacksonville. So not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but I think that's where the, the Titans heads need, need to be at at this point, because, and I, and I don't say this just, it wasn't a random thought that popped in my mind that I wanted to get off my chest or a hot take to get clicks. It's a result of the fact that we saw in this game, these Titans cannot contend with the best in the NFL if they are not healthy at key positions and if their coaching staff is not on their A game. There are a couple of key players, Danico Autry, Jeffrey Simmons, the, uh, Christian Fulton in the secondary, Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry in the offensive line. There's a couple of key places on this team that if they are not serviceable, this team cannot operate, and it's they're dead in the water. They're a boat that is dead in the water. They've lost power. And so because this team is constructed in a way that's not very versatile, they're not able to do a lot of different things well. They do what they do well, and if they if you can keep them from doing what they do, whether that's a better game plan than them, being more physical than them, or just by luck of them not having key guys at those positions, they're dead. This team has to prioritize that. So that, in a roundabout way, was, was our winner for being in the AFC South. Congratulations, Titans. You have a unique position in the AFC South. You would be fools not to use it. Let's go with to another loser here on this game. And it's one that we just keep talking about every single week. It's the health of this Titans team. Yeah. So kind of what we were talking about segueing to the health situation. I, you know, I tweeted out on, um, I forget what day it was. It was either Thursday. I think it was after Friday's injury report. When we found the final injury status of the Titans on the injury report. And we saw that they only had a couple of guys out the consequential guys weren't really off off the platter for this game besides Danico Autry. I tweeted out that, you know, all things considered, this Titans team is in pretty good shape health-wise right now, by their standards at least, you know, considering how banged up they've been for two straight years now, they were in pretty good shape. Well, after two quarters of football on Sunday, they were already down Traylon Burks, Christian Fulton, and David Long Jr., who are relatively important to this team, if, if you know anything about the Titans so I guess never mind on that. They're not in good shape anymore. And uh, one game can do that to you. Th there were a number of things that went wrong in this game. Watching the game, JT, did you feel the same way that I did when Traylon Brooks makes that? First of all, I don't know how he held onto that ball. Miraculous catch. I, from what I, I heard, I believe it was Paul Kaharski tweeted out during that moment in the game that it looked as if from his perspective in the stadium, Traylon Brooks may have lost consciousness for a moment. It, like he held the ball for a while and then it just rolled away after he, after which he was, you know, walking off the field and then walked inside to the locker room and immediately put into concussion protocol. But 
that was the moment in the game where it felt like this might become a disaster very quickly. No, for sure. I mean, he is your bona fide number one weapon through the passing game. After him, there is no depth to really be seen, except one guy that we're going to talk about a little bit later who started to uh, show some flashes of what he can really do. But I mean, you kind of look, I mean, you can look down the, the stat sheet after this. When you have it's guys brutal. like CJ Board, Jeff Swaim, and uh, just those two names alone getting yeah. meaningful catches and meaningful looks on the, yeah. on an offense after your number one guy goes down, you're going to have a problem. And, well, and the it, Titans already came into this game with just four active receivers. They, they had lost their stud wide receiver, Cody Hollister during the week in practice. And they only came in with, with guys like racing math and uh, Kyle Phillips on IR. They came in with just four guys. They lost 25% of that wide receiver room, just in terms of body mass when they lost Traylon Burks. And then you had, like you said, you had CJ board playing almost every snap from there on out. It was a disaster. It, it, it's really tough. I mean, we'll, we'll probably talk about this through the week, but especially it's kind of scary. If you want to outlook for the uh, game next week and ahead, the Titans have played very, very cautious with when it comes to concussions, you can look at That's Ben true. Jones. So it'll be really interesting to see when we get Traylon Burks back. And if he's back in the next game or two. That's right. I mean, with Burks, he's significantly younger than uh, Ben Jones is, so he will be likely more resilient. I, I found anecdotally, of course, but anecdotally, it feels like to me the younger players in, con in concussion protocol come back earlier than the older guys. And that's, I think, just a, a matter of nature. Um, but that is to say this team, like you said, is very cautious with these things. And we went from me speaking directly to Ben Jones in the locker room in the last game he played before going on concussion protocol and knowing nothing about a potential concussion or noticing anything wrong with him to then missing two weeks of football because he was in the protocol and couldn't play. So you never know. I mean, it wouldn't shock me, frankly, if Traylon Burks missed like three, two or three games from this. I don't know. Um, but th that is a big loss for them as well as, you know, Christian Fulton, just his hamstrings, he can't stay healthy. And it's a, it's a disaster for the Titans because outside of him, Trey Avery's been nice, but he's, he's an undrafted free agent rookie. He's not going to be a guy that you can play in a, you know, a, a main outside cornerback role reliably. And we saw that a little bit today. He got cooked quite a bit. You saw Roger McCreary has had a really nice rookie cornerback season, but rookie cornerback season comes with a massive, massive asterisk because rookie cornerbacks typically, unless you're sauce Gardner, you are not very good at football yet at the NFL level. And, and he has each and every week. It feels like to me shown more and more of his rookie stripes. Um, I think teams are finding better ways to target and pick on him. And part of that's due to his size. And part of that is due to his just inexperience in the NFL. So they're, their situation in the secondary when they lose Christian Fulton or have Christian Fulton in a reduced capacity because of his injuries becomes a problem very quickly. It also doesn't help when Elijah Molden is out as well. He played one game last week before getting hurt again. <clears throat> so it's, it's a disaster all around this Titans team. Like I said, in the, in the previous topic, they have to get healthy. By the way, Tannehill seemed to tweak his other ankle today. We of course assumed <coughs> told you I had a cough. We assumed that, he had been dealing with that same ankle and was just continuing to tweak it, tweak it every week in, in the game. And you saw him grimace after getting up and kind of hobble off the field at one point. 
this this wasn't the same ankle. Apparently, it was being reported that he was getting medical treatment on his other ankle. So that's not good. He may have two bum ankles now. We'll have to see. It looked like his ankle was actually feeling better in this game based on how he's running the ball early on. And then things went downhill from there. So top to bottom, a disaster day for the Titans on the injury front. And that is a big loser is the Titans health. Now we're going to take a quick break from winners and losers and get to some Titans news with producer JT. Before we do, I'm going to kind of lump a number of our selling points into one here for you. First of all, if you are just listening to us via podcast, thank you. However, there is a YouTube version of the show. We have a video show. You can see our beautiful faces right here in video form with cool graphics and backgrounds and whatnot. And you can also see any of our video elements of the show that um, are enhanced by what really only you can only experience them if you watch the show, such as tape with James Foster on Fridays and videos from press conferences that we play regularly. And uh, some we often put some images up on the screen. We do best bet gauntlet graphics from time to time. So there's a lot that you're missing out if you're just listening. Go over to Broadway Sports Media on YouTube and you can watch the show there each and every week. Also, if you are a business owner or employed by a business who you think would be a great fit in the Tennessee, Middle Tennessee, Nashville area, who would be interested in potentially talking to us about advertisement opportunities on the show, as well as on the rest of our Broadway Sports Media podcast network, as well as on broadwaysportsmedia.com, we have got plenty of opportunities for you to advertise really at any price point with us. We've got thousands of eyeballs and ears on our content each and every week and hundreds of thousands on social media. So please reach out to us via our emails, which you can find on broadwaysportsmedia.com or our social media where you can find wherever you are on social media. So we appreciate that. Now, JT, let's get into some Titans news. Let's jump into some news here on this Monday morning. Let's start with one thing that it's kind of hard to make of what this really means right now. And we're going to go into kind of more detail here on the show uh, with some more winners and losers. But Mike Rabel had a quote uh, mm. after the game today from Buck Rising, in which he said, I think we're at a crossroads with how we want to move forward with this season. Certainly a little interesting quote from the head coach of a currently first place team in a division. Ethan, what are your thoughts on that? And I know we're going to go into more of it, but what do you see coming of what he is saying there? I mean, it sounds like this team is going to make some much needed adjustments. Um, that may ultimately, it may just be a rallying cry from the coach to the team and, and, and the coaches. And, and if that's the case, then, then great. It's a, it's a good one, but I, I kind of feel like it's going to, it's a, it's a bit of a precursor to some maybe significant changes we see over the coming days or weeks. You know, there are certain guys at certain positions that may have to really earn their spot each and every week in practice, potentially on the offensive line, you know, potentially changing responsibilities from the coaching staff. I think that they, I think ultimately what he means is as a team, they have to decide what they want the season to be and what they believe the season can be. And they have to go from there. So ma majority of my thoughts on that are that this team is needing a, uh, a nudge in the right direction from their head coach. And he's trying to provide that. But I also think that it could absolutely be a precursor to some big changes, both in personnel and maybe in some coaching responsibilities. 
Let's move on to some more just NFL-esque type news today. And with, of course, the Cincinnati Bungles and Joe Shiesty once again proving that they are Patty Mahomes' How daddy. How about that? Making me eat my words and my money. That's good for them, man. They good have for the them. They, they number. balled out today, especially. They started to look... Um, they they looked a lot like the Bengals of old. They were they were feisty. They were out there playing a little dirty today, uh, kind of showing a lot of emotion. There was a couple of uh, unsportsmanlike unsport calls on Jamar Chase and that wide receiver group against the secondary. But with that win today, it's like the old Vontez perfect yeah, Bengals out right? there. <laughs> it probably had to do with Juju medicine balls return, across the middle. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's probably right. But with the, the Bengals winning today, that puts the Bills all the way up to the first seed in the AFC. Bills are the biggest winners on the day. They went from fifth seed in the AFC in the wild card spot to number one seed overall, and they didn't even play and a game. Didn't even have to play. So props to day. you if any of you out there support or back in the Bills. Yeah, uh, Bills but with that, we move on to the other side of it. Of course, the Eagles are staying in that top position. And the Seahawks finally get into the playoff picture after making some noise. But there's a little bit more change on the way here for them in their future. Of course, if you watched the Miami 49ers game today, you would have saw that Jimmy G uh, had a fracture in his it's foot fracture, that will require yeah. season-ending surgery. So that means they are down to a UD free UDFA of quarterback. I can't remember exactly what his name was. Do you remember who it was? Oh, gosh, uh, no. You keep talking. I'll pull it up. But... I mean, this is kind of leaves it open here for the Seattle Seahawks, who at the beginning of the season looked like they were tanking for CJ Stroud or Bryce Young. I mean, on and paper, now, they were. On paper, they sold the franchise. They are looking to be a contender in this middling NFC uh, West. How could we forget Brock Purdy? Brock, Brock Purdy, Purdy, number 14, quarterback, undrafted free agent, rookie for the Niners. I mean, he, he played well enough but he also is playing in the most QB friendly scheme in the world under Kyle Shanahan. He ended up having uh, 25 for 37, 210 yards, two touchdowns and an interception. Not bad. Not a bad, Not a bad day. debut at all. No. Also considering he does have a lot of weapons around him in CMC, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle could keep going on and on, yeah, but that certainly helps. Yeah, no, it certainly does. Um, but it, it, good for the Seahawks, man. Is there any fan base in the league who has a better outlook right now than the Seahawks do? The fact that they, on paper to begin the year, were selling the team. They were tanking for one of the best quarterbacks in next year's draft. They like they were toast to begin the year. Nobody expected anything from them. And now they're looking like they're going to win the division, getting to the playoffs, and also still get one of the top, maybe even two picks in the draft because the team they sold their their players to and got picks in return from the broncos continue to be a flaming dumpster fire flowing down a river of lava into a volcano where they should explode and be blasted into the sun never to be seen again it's a nightmare in denver they lost today like three to nine or, or nine to ten, ten to nine on ten, a gosh every like two minute drill like basically Tyler Huntley just basically did QB sneaks all the way up the field, and they That's finally the scored. It'd be one thing if they lost to the Ravens. We expected them to lose to the Ravens. But they lost to the Ravens without Lamar Jackson, who left the game in the first quarter at something very, very early on. The whole yeah. game was against the Lamar Jackson-less Ravens. So, disaster for Denver, but great for the Seahawks. Good for y'all. Yeah, and I would, I would challenge your uh, notion of the best outlook of a franchise 
with the Seattle. The only one, other one I can really think of is the Detroit Lions, who are finally getting into that playoff contention-esque area right now with their win over well, the JT, Jacksonville you and I Jaguars. both bet. We both bet the Lions over win total for the year, which I think was we six. Is that it right? Was six. So we are one away from tying. We need two more to win. And they got one a from pretty a push, baby. nice schedule over the next couple of weeks. You have pulled but, up? Uh, I do not. Let me pull it Here, up real pull quick. Pull it up real quick. But but the, the yes. key to this take by you, which is fair, is who they're who the who owns the picks that they now have right they have the rams picks who continue to be a disaster and as much as they you know looked all right today against the seahawks and won me the only bet in our best bet gauntlet they lost and they're now like three and nine i believe so um you know they're gonna be one of the top 10 maybe even top five picks in the draft which the lions will receive so yeah so their schedule so next week they play the vikings at home so interesting game could probably go either way with how the vikings are playing right now honestly some very high profile offenses there then they go on the road to the jets could be a win right there then they come go on the road again play the panthers that looks pretty much could very be tasty very and tasty then they play the bears at home and go on the road to the packers so they only need two and those panthers bears games look pretty nice for they that do for that they over. do and if they could bring three or four here we could see the Lions sneak into that seven spot. We could. We could. So good for them. And then one final note on the NFL playoff picture. We're going to do, uh, from now on, we're going to do a, a little moment of silence for the right. teams that have been eliminated from playoff contention, including... We got our first two our, today, right? We got our first two today, including one of the... One of our AFC South brethren here in the Houston right. Texans who are 110 and 1 and eliminated. And Mathematically then eliminated. the Chicago Bears, who are 3 and 10 as well, also eliminated. So we will take a moment of silence for them. Okay. And better luck be next it. season, guys. That's <laughs> yes. right. Better luck, better next, luck season. next season. One more thing we'll talk about here is almost forgot to talk about it because we both really shouldn't be talking about it. I, is our I best wish we gauntlet. didn't have to, but we I do. I didn't yeah. have to, but we do. Currently, as it stands right now, Easton went one and four on the day. Hmm, worst worst week day. of the year. It's and the first I one and four of the year. So frankly, it took it took what thirteen weeks for me to have a one and four or worse day. I, I should I should be yeah. thankful. It, it's you know you're bound to have one eventually. So it's all right. So your record now moves to thirty three twenty nine and three, still, still making, making money. money. Right. However, I am on the same boat as you. Currently going zero and four on the day. Here. You're zero and four. Who are you yep. pending? The I'm uh, pending the Saints. The Saints to all right, so we're pulling hard for the Saints. Tomorrow. We're pulling hard. Brings my total right now to 28 31 and 5 don't really want to talk about it also had one of my worst days of the year so far and that's going to do it for our news segment all right that is jt with the news now for our final three winners and losers but before we get to that we mentioned on friday's show jt that we may hold the show hostage from our listeners if they don't rate and or review the show and luckily somebody came through one brave soul who uh, i will shout out here it the only username they left was belly laughs so you know who you are if you're listening we appreciate you leaving a review said entertaining titans news or analysis hey guys still enjoying the show uh, i love that still enjoying the show like like i'm <laughs> glad that the yeah. well did the fact that eventually they were going to stop enjoying it i'm glad that we haven't run out of our magic yet glad the wedding went well easton thank you very much congrats on your team winning against the titans jt and winning today I'm trying not to hold it against you. With this second effort, you now have more ratings and reviews from me than railroad workers get paid sick days per year. Both parties exploit the worker. 
Hashtag America. Yeah, that's a great review. And uh, we appreciate you leaving, it sounds like, two reviews on the show, outdoing the majority of our listeners. We know that there are literally hundreds of you that haven't left a review, and it takes literally 10 seconds. Please go do it. We will shout you out on the show and leave your Twitter handle. We will follow you and send all of the rest of our hundreds of listeners to go and follow you on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook or wherever. It takes 10 seconds. Go. If you don't know how, you go to the show on Apple Podcasts. I'm just going to, we're going to show the people because <laughs> I think people need to know. You go to the show on Apple Podcasts. You scroll down. You scroll down. And then right here, you're going to find the ratings and reviews. See those five stars right there? You just click the fifth one to do five, and then you write in the little box whatever you want to say, and then it comes to us, and then we read it on the show. It's awesome, and it takes zero time at all. The time it takes you to click into your phone and click on the podcast and listen is more than it would take you to leave a review. So leave a review. Um, if you don't, we might have to hold the show hostage until people do leave reviews. So please do that. We appreciate you very much for listening and doing that for us. All right, JT, our final three losers and uh, winners. We've got two uh, two winners here technically but they're not quite winners and one loser what's our first winner yeah so our first winner here is going to be someone who isn't even on the titans at all and when, when i say his name it's going to be pretty obvious why he's a winner today it's got to be aj brown yeah aj brown big day for him he obviously i mean he said as much after the game that he had this game circled all year long and of course why wouldn't he he had 10 targets, eight receptions, 119 yards, leading the team in all three of those categories, 14.9 yards per uh, uh, per reception. His long was 40 yards in the day. Oh, and he had two touchdowns. Yeah, so we mentioned he had a huge day. He had a monster day. I had to have to check the rest of his season, but that's got to be one of his best performances of the year. He was fantastic, and frankly, he exposed what we've known about this Titans secondary for a couple of weeks now. They are not physical enough. They're too small to handle the most physical receivers in the league. And as a result of that, whenever the Titans pass rush isn't getting home, which recently they've been fully MIA, this team is not good enough at cornerback to contend with these best receivers in the league. So I don't have a whole lot to say besides the fact that a big conversation in Titans news and media this week is going to be surrounding how the Titans organization needs to be held to account for what has been a, a year long discussion, but was kind of crystallized in this game. Now, I don't think it was fair entirely to, to use this game as that cornerstone piece of evaluation in this discussion as to whether or not the Titans should or shouldn't have made the trade should or shouldn't have paid AJ Brown, whether or not that was even an option. He wanted to be here. Spoiler. He didn't, even though he continues to lie and say that he did this team would have, I think, been in better shape if Traylon Brooks had gotten to finish the game. They probably still would have lost, um, uh, almost certainly would still have lost, but I think based on his one or two drives that he played and uh, the, the stats he put up, I mean, he had just that one catch, but for 25 yards for a touchdown, and it was a phenomenal, phenomenal catch. I think that he would have had a pretty nice day as well, and things would have looked better for this team, but right now, they're in bad shape. John Robinson's going to take a lot, a lot, a lot of heat this week on the internet. And frankly, he should, he should, this fan base should be kind of on him for uh, the number of things that are wrong with this Titans roster right now, the deficiencies that they have that are a direct result in a number of ways of his mismanagement of this team, his misses on high draft picks, his poor allocation of funds to certain players his misses on free agents, his misses on trades. 
it's again not been all bad by any means and i think that he is at worst frankly a middle of the road nfl gm but he's had a number of key mistakes that have aggregated into what is right now a disaster for the titans let's move on to uh, our final loser of this titans eagles game and it's one we kind of alluded to a little bit it's being a top heavy team right so i tweeted this out a couple of hours ago I understand, and oftentimes I agree. I mean, if you listen to the show, you know this. With so many of the complaints that Titans fans and media have with the coaching of this offense, the offensive coaching staff for this team, we know has issues and is very limited. And Todd Downing being the the, the figurehead of that group is the perfect example of why there's a lot to have issue to take issue with when it comes to the offensive coaching of the Titans. However, this team has gone now the majority of two seasons in a row with a non-viable available wide receiver core and a bottom 10 offensive line in the NFL. So how I can't help but acknowledge that fact that for two years, most every Sunday, they have had a group of receivers that aren't viable in the NFL to have a decent passing game and a pass protecting group in their offensive line that is a bottom 10 bottom five at times the worst in the league I can't look at that fact and acknowledge that and then point fingers at the offensive coaching staff and say it's all your fault I don't know how that can't be the primary issue in the majority of people's minds with this team and I got a reply from at Benji underscore p16 to that tweet Bob Burks Stan he said definitely the primary issue which we agree on but he said there's nothing to be done at this point to change the personnel that the team has. But with a bad offensive coordinator, you can fire him at any point and see immediate results, whether good or bad. And my response is simply that I don't think with this toolbox that this Titans team has available to whoever is manning the controls at the offensive coordinator position, I'm feeling more and more strongly that the immediate results that people think you would see if they were to replace the offensive coordinator are just wishful thinking. You look at elements of this team like the pass rush. When you are missing D'Amico Autry and you've got Jeffrey Simmons playing on one leg, missing one and a half guys like that is enough to take an elite top five pass, pass rushing unit in the NFL from the top of the hill to non-existent for an entire month. That is being too top heavy. This team is too reliant on those star players. They don't have the depth necessary. When you see the Titans offense go from alive and well with Traylon Burks to dead in the water for three quarters of football without him. That is a team that is too top heavy. When you see a, a team that, you know, has an elite running back who we've seen this season do some really phenomenal things, but their offensive line can't block for him. And, and so he's being hit behind the line of scrimmage at a rate higher than any other running back in the league. He's getting more yards after contact than any running back in the league. All, all of these stats that are signs of the fact that this guy still got it but he's not being blocked for at all. That is a team that is too top heavy. This team has to get more depth and they've got to get guys that can fill in at, at these key roles. And, and this is a big part, right? Of, of my take on why the Titans should potentially consider resting some guys down the final stretch here. There are some guys that this team cannot be, they, they can't, they can't be competitive at all without and in the pass rush, I mean, this the secondary is is that way. Like Bob Burke Stan on Twitter said, there's not a whole lot you can do. The personnel is the personnel. They need Molden to get healthy. They need um, 
They need uh, McCreary to continue to improve and they, they need Christian Fulton to get back and healthy. But outside of those things happening, you can't change the personnel. The pass rush has to be good enough to carry the secondary when they're not at full strength. And right now they're nowhere near that. And then our final winner of this winner and loser segment of this episode today, it's going to be the first Titans player we've basically talked about all day today, besides <laughs> the ones who have gotten hurt. And it's a guy who we've been calling his name for six weeks now. And I got to give him a round of applause here on this show because yes. he finally showed some life today. And that has to be our boy, Chigozia McConquo. Yeah, Chig. Big Chig day. And uh, he led the team in targets and receptions. Five targets, four receptions. 68 yards, a long of 41, and an average of 17 yards per reception. That you know, I in the cynical fashion, the Titans, after weeks and weeks of saying they're going to get Chig the ball more, we're going to get Chig the ball more, we're going to improve his role, increase his role in the passing game. They finally get him a season high four receptions on five <laughs> targets, um, which is still not enough in my opinion. However, they are trending in the right way, and Chig continues to be one of, if not the most electric, dynamic playmaker on the field for the Titans on offense. So not a whole lot to say besides the fact that they need to continue to throw the ball to him. I mean, today it was their, their top two tight ends were their primary receivers. Chig and Austin Hooper led the team both in targets and in receptions. They both had five targets. They had three and four receptions. They both led the team in receiving yards outside of Traylon Burks. Like that was the, that was the show for them today. And, and that's both an indictment of the Titans wide receiver core, as well as a reflection on how this, this duo of at tight end is good and they need to continue to increase, increase their role in the passing game. So that's going to do it for today's show. I believe JT, we went uh, about 50 minutes, which when I say 30, you probably add 20 minutes onto that. And that's naturally how it goes. So we appreciate everybody listening to the show today. Um, we will be back on Friday. We'll have a guest. We'll have James Foster and potentially somebody else. We'll see if, if things work out, but we'll have a lot to talk about then when the Titans look to end their two game skid and host the Jacksonville Jaguars at home in Nissan stadium next week. Until then I'm Easton freeze for producer JT. This has been the hot read podcast. I hope you have a much better week than the Titans did a game on Sunday. Be well.